You're listening to Music Tectonics. Hey everybody, this is Tristra Year Jaeger. I am your irregular Music Tectonics podcast host. I'm also lead writer and strategist at Rock, Paper, Scissors, the music tech PR firm. Today's guests are a dynamic duo here to shine a light on how the way songwriters work and how artists find out and cut songs are changing. Quite a sentence there. John Cesario and Jay Stone both have an impressive background in songwriting and publishing. Their experiences led them to found Rocket Songs, the first marketplace for high-quality songs that enables artists to find the song of their dreams written by a professional songwriter. So thanks, guys, for joining me. Um, uh, can you both share a little bit about your songwriting and your, your musical background, uh, how you got into this crazy business? Uh, it's great. Well, first, thanks to, to be on your program here. It's really great. Uh, John, why don't you take it? Uh, this is John's, John Cesario. I'm the CEO of the company, and here's my co-founder, Jonathan Stone. Hey, Tristra, nice to to talk to you here on the podcast. And um, I guess just a little bit of, a little bit of background. It's just uh, I've been in the music publishing business my my whole life, uh, and uh, started in the early '80s and have, have worked for most of the major publishers at various uh, points uh, along the way. And is this what you wanted? A little background, right? Absolutely. I want to hear because you know you you don't get into the world of music publishing in particular by accident. Usually, yeah. it's not like something you're like, "Hey, you know." And then one day, I was sick of being a lawyer. I decided I'd be a music publisher. Um, well, usually, I did, there's it, some- I, I did it the good old I did it the good old fashioned way. I was born into it. Nepotism. <laughs> uh, my, my grandfather and my father were in the music business, and so there were definitely some opportunities for me to 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 become an executive in the music publishing business when that time came and when I was 18 years old I was offered a position making tape copies at the music publishing company that my father worked for and that company was called ATV Music which is the company that just had just purchased the Beatles songs and my father was working for that company he was the vice president of that company so I went to work for them when I was 18 years old and uh, and started there in the mailroom and kind of just worked my way up that was my introduction though and then and from there, I just sort of matriculated to other companies, and ultimately, in the I moved to Nashville, lived in Nashville for four years, and worked in the country music business, also for ATV Music. And and um, shortly thereafter, uh, was hired was hired in Los Angeles for MCA Universal. I worked for for MCA Universal for four years, and then a really interesting point in my career is I was hired by Quincy Jones to run his publishing and production company. At the time, he was producing Michael Jackson's albums, his first two albums, in particular, The Bad Album. So I did A&R for Quincy and for Michael for that album. I screened all the songs that anybody submitted that they wanted to try and get on that album. And I also managed his uh, in-house producers, which included Cliff Magnus and a guy named Glenn Ballard, who went on to produce Atlantis Morissette and all kinds of stuff. So that was a really... uh, uh, great three years of, of working with Quincy and, and Michael. And, and that's certainly, that's probably a whole nother podcast, Tristra. <laughs> I know we can put another date for that one. Uh, <laughs> that would be pretty incredible. It um, pretty but I, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. So, uh, and, uh, and so that was, uh, shortly after that, uh, I was invited to join a company called Windswept Pacific Entertainment, uh, which was founded by a guy named Chuck Kay, who used to be the president of Warner 
Brothers Music and then Warner Chapel. And I was brought on board in, in the early 90s to be the general manager of that company. And that's where I remained for the next 20 years, ultimately becoming the president of that company. And it was the, uh, the time that it was finally sold. Uh, it was the largest independent, independent music publishing company uh, in the world. And um, after that, I uh, have gone on to start my own publishing companies and then get involved in the, in the, in the music um the online music space, uh, which sort of takes me up to the things that we're doing these days. Now it's your turn, JC. Tell us a bit about how you got into um, the music business. Um, you you were a songwriter and have some pretty interesting credits to your name. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, uh, originally started, you know, early days. I wrote my first song when I was 13, you know, um, and so it just, you know, I was in a band early on and all that stuff. So um Went out and got myself a publishing deal in in, in the eighties in in California. Worked worked a staff writer with Arista Music for a while, and then met met Jonathan. And then when Jonathan went to Winswept, um, I was one of the staff writers with them for a couple of years. Um, and so, but never went away from you know. Uh, uh, from my core of, of being a writer, right? I wrote the same way and stuff. So, but I started getting more opportunities to do other things other than just write songs. So I took advantage of that. I had, you know, a decent business head, I think. So I got involved into more of the media space and where media and technology meet. Uh, John and I stayed friends for the last 20 years. And, oh, many years ago, probably about seven years ago, we started, actually we were on a phone call and we were talking about, you know, God, remember all those songs I wrote for you, John? What happened to them? And, you know, John's saying, look, the catalogs are all over the place. And so we thought about this idea about Rocket Songs, how we could put together a marketplace where we can, we know where there's lots of great songs that no one's ever heard. And, uh, and you know, we know that there's millions of artists out there who need great songs, but just don't have the opportunity you know, to work with, with songwriters of that caliber of a high-end caliber or even you know get in front of a publisher to get songs so it's kind of difficult for them so we thought if we can create this marketplace where we can gather all this great content that we can get from our songwriter friends that mostly are obviously jonathan's friends at first and uh, and so we put together this little you know beta site called rocket songs and you know, spent a couple of years figuring it all out and then came out of beta in 2017 and you know, the rest is history, right, John? As they say, of course. As yes. they say. So, but I never stopped songwriting, you know, obviously I, that's still in my blood, but you know, I, obviously I don't do it as a living, but I, I understand the DNA because in my heart, I still am a songwriter, right? I still feel it. And as a songwriter, you, every time you write a song, you think, God, that could be a hit. That could be, you know, that could be done by this person or by that person. So but the reality is, as John, you know, pointed pointed out to me many years ago, is that, you know, if you if you deliver thirty songs a year, chances are you're going to get on a on a great year. You're going to get three, four songs released, you know, and everything else kind of sits in the vault. And so that's where the whole concept of Rocket Songs uh, started. Um, and then, like I said, John pulled together some original content for us to um, to work with just to start. And then um, moved on from there. Cool. That's pretty. That that's a. It's an interesting journey in that you both were pretty well established. You could have had very comfortable careers for the rest of your working life um, in music, but you decided to strike out and do something that no one had ever tried before. Um, that's a, a. That's a kind of a cool 
approach to things. Well, we think it is, right? And we, it, the legacy, that especially that John brings to the table from his history and the people he's signed, which he doesn't want to brag about, but, you know, he's he signed some some huge, you know, artists. And um, uh, and so it's it, he he totally has, has his ear to great songs. He really knows it inside out. I, you know, as a writer, I'm, I'm, I'm partial to my songs, right? So even though I don't put any songs on the site, you know, but, um, but, but that, that, that emotion that a songwriter gets when they write a song, they always think, you know, this is, this could be something, this is great. This is awesome. Especially when you collaborate with other songwriters in your caliber, you really come up with just great products. And that's how, I shouldn't say product songs. That's how, you know, it was great working with the team at Winsup because they would hook me up with different writers and, and uh, same thing with Aristotle. And so you always kind of strive to get a better song. And, and, and that, that craft of just working on your song, you know, as a songwriter really lets you really create, you know, sometimes some magic, right? And that's, what's really great. And uh, you really feel it and it never goes away, it never goes away. One thing that's really interesting about Rocket Songs is that you're in some ways trying to create that same vibe of having a really exciting session with a co-writer, um, but between artists and songwriters in a new way. I mean, I've talked to, for instance, one of your advisors, I was talking to um, Scott Welch the other day, and he was mentioning how back in the day, you know, if he had an artist who was signed to a particular label, the publishing company associated with that label would sort of be favored in terms of the you know, material that was pitched to the artist, right? So it wasn't about the artist finding their songwriting soulmate, um, though I'm sure there are lots of great stories of, I mean, there are lots of great stories of, of artists and songwriters kind of really uh, hitting it off and developing a really fruitful relationship. Um, but in some ways, you guys want to enable that on a, on a bigger scale so that, right, so that lots of people can find each other and start creating things, maybe not directly together, but in a more direct way. Yeah, ex exactly. And uh, one of the things we know is that, as we mentioned earlier, you know, there are songwriters and there are artists all over the world, right? And so, in the old, in the you know, prior to the you know to everything going online, there were gatekeepers, which would be record companies or publishing companies that would keep artists from you know, somewhere in the middle of, of Kansas from finding a song, right? It just wouldn't, they wouldn't know how to go about and get the song. Not that they're from, um, you know, Kansas or anything. I just, there just wasn't a vehicle for them to find these songs. So, so we, we hook them up. Absolutely. Uh, we don't, we, they don't participate in a one-on-one -on -one session. It's just you get the song, you get the files, and then as an end user, as an artist, you can record the songs from scratch. You can use the, the instrumental track we give you. You can get the stems for the song, take it in the studio. And, you know, you can do all kinds of things. It's up to you as an artist what works for you. We just want you to have the opportunity to grab the songs, you know, put your name on it, release it, you know, and, and get it out there. So because – these days, all those barriers to getting a song out are gone. And so you can literally get a song from us on a Tuesday and put, you know, remix it and put your vocal on on a Wednesday and have it on Spotify, you know, by Thursday. You know, literally, it's just that quick. So, um, which is really great. It's a great opportunity. That is great. So let's jump back to songwriters for a second. I would love to hear both of your perspectives on what are some of the biggest challenges facing songwriters. I mean, 
there's always a lot of news about the level of payouts, about royalties, and then and then on the other side um, about big legacy catalog sales and what that means. Um, but there's not really a ton of talk about songwriters as kind of folks with a creative career, you know, who aren't just sort of passive in the conversation. So I want to hear a bit more about what, what you guys think are the biggest challenges and are there some that you wish people talked more about? You know, that, that's a great question. And actually John's perspective, I'm sure coming in from a publisher's perspective would sound different than mine, but I, John, you go first on this one. This is a good one. I like this one. So uh, I, I think that before you really get to the point to where you got royalties to even think about, there has to be a way to generate activity in order for your catalog of songs that you write uh, to be worthy of, of, so to speak, becoming a, a business, there has to be a way to generate income on those songs. And of course, the process is quite simply that most people get into this business just because they love music and they love songs and they don't get into it and say, oh my gosh, I want to make a bunch of money. I'm going to go start writing songs. They usually start writing songs. Maybe some people do, but they usually start writing songs because they just love it or they start a band or they, or they're a singer and they, they want to enter some contests or, or audition for American Idol or The Voice or, or whatever it is. And then shortly thereafter comes the idea, if you stay with it, if it moves beyond sort of the hobby phase, then you start thinking about, well, gee, maybe I could become Justin Bieber. Maybe I could become a producer. Maybe I could become a DJ or a mixer. And so there's all these avenues now for people to go into uh, being a DJ, being an artist, being a producer, being a songwriter. So at the at the heart of all of those things really is is probably songwriting. Even DJs and remixers get songwriter credits these days on new original material that they create, even though they're sampling from various songs, the new songs created. So there's, you know, uh, there certainly are barriers and there's a lot of conversation these days about publishers and writers and uh, the kind of income that can be generated from catalog. But before you get to that point, you've got to generate, you've got to get something done. If you're going to look at this as a business, if you're going to take it beyond the hobby stage, as I say, you have to start uh, thinking about what are your opportunities to uh, monetize your catalog. Very, very common new word that we, we all use now uh, in regards to content and content. Everything's content instead of songs, but that's what it's become. And so that's that's what you do. And there's a lot of ways of doing that. And JC's got a great story about somebody he knows who, you know, nobody would know him from anybody, but hey, makes half a million dollars a year, make a, records a record once every couple of years and makes a half a million dollars between touring wow. and online social and online this and online that. But he works at it. He works really hard at it. Uh, but, you know, so so there's never been and then I'll turn it over to JC. There's never been more opportunity for people. You don't have to get a major record deal. You don't have to get a major publishing deal. You can do all of these things. There's plenty of websites like Rocket Songs that offer other kinds of licensing opportunities where you can put your material up to hopefully get licensed or used in synchronization licensing or put your own record out through CD Baby or Spotify. All kinds of, you're very empowered. It's still really hard to have a hit, but there's lots of ways to sort of collect the low-hanging fruit, as we say. Yeah, and, and John hit it right on the head here. Uh, you know, these days, it's it's so different. And as a songwriter, you can look to a career as a songwriter and not be dependent on a publisher uh, or, you know, getting signed to a publishing company or getting a record deal or get, being an A&R with a, with a record company because you're a songwriter. You know, it, it, uh, it 
it's just so different right now, which is really great. And that's really the idea for us for Rocket Songs too. It's just there are so many so many ways songwriters can make money, but no one has done it with offering a mechanical license, which is what we offer. We offer you, you as a songwriter, we offer you the opportunity to get people to record your songs. Because in your heart, if you're a if you're a writer and you're not just an artist of any type, you're just a songwriter. Which again, not to diminish that, but your goal and your your dream is to have people record your songs and release it. If you're not going to do it yourself, right? That's that's what's in your soul. So having a site like Rocket Songs, where you can put up a song and literally, you know. Sometimes an hour later, that song is licensed by an artist in the middle of England who's doing a record for a small indie label in England, and they're going to be releasing it. And that's how it happens. And that's just, it's exciting to see that happen. It really is. And it's, I think it's also empowering. You know, you're, you're helping writers and you're helping artists be who they want to be and get their music out there. And, and, you know, don't don't let anybody tell you this isn't good enough. You get out there, you do it, and and you know make 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 yourself or or break it if you realize you got all these tools and then nothing happens. Well, then you might want to think of a different career. But with all the tools and if you got the the heart and you've got the stick-to-itiveness because you're going to be rejected a lot, you know chances are you're going to generate significant income from what you're doing. And whether that significant income is someone's idea of, you know, maybe at 50,000 it's significant or it's 500,000 or it's 5 million, you know, everybody determines the significance of it subjectively, right? So to me, I think it's a it's a great time. And um, I'm glad there are tools out there that allow a marketplace to be built to connect, you know, songwriters with artists. And I think that's that's a great opportunity. Yeah, and I think just to add just to add a little bit to that, I think everybody is it's it's really important as as we are here speaking in in really uh, most general of, of terms for everyone to decide what the meaning of success is for them, and it can be anything from you know another. I always used to tell people, hey, if you can make if you are, can make a living in the music business in any way then you're a success because everybody that's in the music industry, everyone, almost without exception, everybody that's in the music industry is in it because they love it. You don't run into too many people that just go, oh my gosh, I hate my job. They're doing it because they love it. There are plenty of other jobs out there that people don't like. So no matter what facet it is, and I think maybe that's generally true of the entertainment industries, you know, people are in them because they really, really love it. And so that being said, you're here because you want to be, and now you have to decide what what is being a success. To me, if you can make a living in this business as a guitar player, as a songwriter, as an entertainer, if, you, if that means you're playing at the local pub and you're making 500, 500 bucks a week and you can live on that, then that's pretty good. You're pretty good in my book if you can do that, because that's even that, even that. It's not an easy thing to do. Right, exactly. And so you decide what, what kind of success you're going to have, and then you sort of build it from the ground up and decide, okay, this is this is what this is what it means for me. And then and then you take the appropriate steps. Mm-hmm. I like that. I that's uh, actually some pretty good life advice for life in the music, music tech <laughs> worlds. Um it's great to have it spelled out like that it is it is it is true it's true i have to say it's very easy for people to get frustrated of course why why i came up with that little analogy because you can get so people i've seen creative people become incredibly depressed 
and beyond. And so in my in my life, and we all have heard those stories, and you hear them all the time, even with people in the music industry that are tremendously, the, the landscape is littered with, you know, uh, tragedy in, in the music industry from people that have had all this success because from whatever reason, they lose a perspective. And so, you know, you just have to decide what it is. And, uh, and if, if you're, ma- if you're making a buck, you're doing great and build and, and take it from there. That's fantastic. So looking ahead, this is one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, because you know, I like to, I like to speculate. And so let's get a little bit speculative here. If you could invent, like, if you're thinking sort of for the future of songwriters and what they might need, what kind of tools, what kind of technology do you think will really unlock the potential of this big group of creative people that have kind of been stuck away in a in the back room of the music business for quite some time? I mean, you've got you've got a marketplace, but are there other things you dream about that might really change the game for songwriters or unlock more of their creativity? Yeah, that's a great question, Trista. Um, it is a great question. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, what, that's interesting that you say that, too, because, you know, with the pandemic, what's happened and people try to figure out other ways of working together. Obviously, as a songwriter or as an artist, you love being in a room with someone where you can magically sing the song with them or create the song together. And that... I think could be really exciting. So obviously with a lot of, there's a lot of stuff going on virtually. You, you got to know that in five, 10 years, you know, people are going to be able to write virtually, see together, see each other and write virtually together. Uh, not, not in a, you know, zoom kind of call, but almost being in the room, you kind of get that vibe. Right. And that's, that really sparks things when you're together working, then, you know, you could tweak a lyric just right. You could tweak a melody just correctly. You know, you could do so much with that, that I think that would be really exciting. I I know we're not there yet, but that could be something that I would really think would be beneficial to a songwriter and to an artist. Yeah. I I think that's, that's absolutely true. And I, 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 there's a part of me that wants to turn this into something that we're that we're going to be trying to do at Rocket Songs. That, that that's not exactly uh, what you're talking about, but in in terms of tools and, and and the ability for for people to work on songs and to change them and and to create new content, um, I think one of the things that we want to see at Rocket Songs is we want to see. Um, a way to automate something called automate something called the sample license, uh, which nobody's doing at this point, which is uh, something that we're going to be working on ultimately. It will just quite simply enable people to be able to listen to a song, take a piece of it, take any piece of the song that they like, and incorporate it into a new song. Oh wow! So that's yeah, that is sort of the great white whale of the of the music licensing ocean. <laughs> songwriting of the new millennium on some level. In other words, you would hear a song on our site, and you would say, "I love that chorus." Clip, clip. License, license, bang, you take it and put it into your new song. And it's basically called sampling, but it's not set up in a way that is, uh, as this point, at this point, nobody's figured out a way to make that a very user-friendly experience. And that's one of the new products we're going to license next year. But that'll be a major game changer. And I think ultimately there'll be many, many sites that will be uh, offering that kind of uh, that kind of license. But I think what John is talking about is, uh, is true, you know, as... As the technology advances and affects us in so many ways, as we all know, it just doesn't stop. You know, I mean, it, it, in every facet of our lives, 
from space exploration to shopping at the supermarket. The technology has infiltrated us. And it's the same thing with the music. And it's just going to get to where, you know, at some point somebody says, at some point, no one's going to have phones. You're just going to have something kind of implanted and you're just going to think about calling John Cesario and then you guys are going to start talking. Well, and, and that's when you're going to really need some good songwriters because you do not want yeah. a bad song in your neural implant. Let me tell you, you know, I, live that, I live with that already. And it's like, you know, oh God, I have to get, you know, I love Michael McDonald's, but he's really got to get out of my head right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know that eventually you're just going to think about, hey, I think, I hey, 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 brain, call John Cesario, and then we'll call John Cesario. <laughs> so the, you're also making me think if we're going to get really, really um, crazy future future looking here. I, right. I, you know, one thing that's happening now is there's a lot of interest in responsive music or adaptive music. And you could really see that songwriters and composers are going to have a key role to play in that. So we're talking music that either responds to your uh, pace if you're running, for example, or that responds to an environment. So you'd have some some sort of music holding format. Sometimes people use NFTs or other, there's got to be sure. other ways to do it too, but it would respond to, so I take it out, it, you know, it's a sunny day and somehow the music changes or maybe, maybe it change, it modulates up a couple steps. Maybe this, right. the uh, BPM increases. So there's a, so many interesting places where songwriters could start thinking about things in a no, no longer static format, sort of like you're laying down the foundation for that, being able to sort of take the best pieces from different songs and create something on your own. Um, that's such an exciting thing to think about, though it's a little, it must be a little frightening for songwriters in some ways. I don't know. I guess it depends on your personality, but um, well, it's an yeah, interesting you time. Know, you could, yeah, it is. And you, obviously, as we refer, you know, songs are content, right? So there's a lot of things you could do with content and there's a lot of ways that you could, you know, get the content exposed, you know, through, through various media. Right. So uh, that's certainly one of them, obviously, like there's all the, the exercise machines that are providing the soundtrack. That soundtrack obviously is, you know, is, is synced music from a provider that brought that to them. But I can understand how that can be personalized, right? That could be so it's Trista, you know, doing her routine and her heartbeats at this rate. So we need to bring this up a couple of steps so it's faster. You know, that would be really interesting. And it's all, as John alluded to earlier, it's the technology can, can all that is going to be achievable at some point in your future. The main thing though, Trista, the main thing is it all starts with a song. Right. Which is, you know, actually, that's our that's our byproduct for us. That's our line that we use all the time, because without the song, you can't do all the other stuff. You can't do all the other things of, you know, getting your music in a film, having someone else record it. You can't get it distributed. You can't get it published. You got to write the song. Right. So and if it's a great song and if it, and it, it can make 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 you really successful or give you a great living or expose you to a worldwide audience because you're singing it to a worldwide audience. So, you know, it always starts from there one way or another in the music space. It always starts with a song. So the technology will enable more things that you could do with songs and with songwriting. But again, that root DNA is the song, right? That's where it is. Awesome. Thanks both of you for coming and uh, talking to me about <laughs> the crazy ins and outs of songwriting past, present and future. Um, and yeah, it's great. It's been great to have you. 
It's great to be on with you. Thank you so much, Trisha, for allowing us to talk about uh, rocket songs and our pontification <laughs> at length. Uh, hey, I'm, not, I'm not done yet. Wait a minute. Hold on. What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> Say goodbye. Hold on a second. What about the time I, of the I, elevator? I, when I another thing. Uh, I envision a country where all are free, where people all write songs and singers are everywhere. That would be pretty cool. I think uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll get there someday. Someday. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, guys. Take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. What's up, beautiful listeners? I've got a question for you. What do you want to hear next? Let me know at pages.musictectonics.com slash feedback. Suggest future guests and music tech topics you want to hear us cover and tell us how we're doing. Again, that's pages.musictectonics.com slash feedback. Look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening to Music Tectonics. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We put out new episodes every week. Want more? Find it at musictectonics.com. You can dig deeper into this episode, learn about our annual conference, get the Music Tectonics app, and sign up for our newsletter. Musictectonics.com has it all. Also, look for Music Tectonics on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Clubhouse. And connect with me, Dimitri Vitsa, on LinkedIn. Peace. You're listening to Music Tectonics.